So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to today's edition of Bible News Radio. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and I'm going to play some music for you momentarily as we... Uh, as we get set up here, we're, we're kind of running behind. I'll tell you why in a minute. So hold on one minute. Because Randall, he's just like, oh, by the way, you're going on air right now. Hold on just a second. Okay, here's the music. Ready? All right, here. <laughs> okay, so this is what happens when you have two people who run everything. Yeah, it is. All right, I'm logging into Periscope. Oh, your microphone's turned down. Okay, go ahead, talk. Check one, two, there test. You go. <laughs> hey, I gave you plenty of warning. Yeah, two minutes. A two-minute warning. All right, there we go. All right. Uh, don't you guys love my hair? <laughs> oh, it's funny. This hair is a result of humidity. I actually went to uh, uh, assisted living today. <laughs> hot out there. It was hot. Yeah, it was. But you know what? I heard about the news. Don't worry. We're going to talk about Bill Cosby. All right. I'm sharing that out. And so much more. Hi, Rachel. Let's see. UF, UFS STEM, UF STEM Cell, Caruso, Melanie, Diane. It's Oddbar in here. Rachel. I think that's somebody that I don't know who that is. Steven. Hey, Steven, you're here. All right. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to go over on Facebook now. Hold on just a second. This is how live streaming does it. Yeah. I'm over here, everybody. Actually, you know, I've had an interesting day. I'll tell you about it in just a second. Okay, I'm, I'm waiting for my computer. I have a very old computer. Sometimes it takes a long time to load. Okay, get ready to hear me, okay? Here we go. Alright, there we go. I did it! Okay. Hey, Dr. Jennifer Fee is here. I was just talking to Jennifer. That's part of the reason I'm late. It's not her fault, though. <laughs> and we're talking the news, people. Yeah, we are. All right, I'm going to share that out. All right, there we go. Did you guys know Dr. Jennifer Fee actually is a TED Talk speaker coming up soon? I'm so proud of her. All right, thank you and good night, people. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, or am I? Hmm? Yeah. Now, I know a lot of you would be completely jealous to have my hair. Hi, April. 
Yeah, this is this is big hair. When I walk into a room, you notice me for sure. Cosby diddled you too. I'm sure he did. Black privilege. Scott Kavanaugh by Friday. I'm calling it. Well, you know, hey, we actually, we actually, uh, oh, Scotus Kavanaugh by Friday. Well, we'll see. We'll see. You never know. Hey, you know what? Anything can turn in politics, as y'all know. I said y'all. I must be getting integrated into Tennessee after five and a half years or however long I've been here. I don't know. Anyway, all right. So, hey, if you're new to the show, thank you for coming in. Uh, I have to tell you that I'm super happy that you're here. Um, part of the reason I'm late, I'm going to tell you a little bit. I was talking to Jennifer because we were talking, you know, bestie friend stuff. So I can't tell you all that stuff. But how many of you guys know that I am a member of Legal Shield? If you're a regular viewer, you do. How many of you know that I sell it? I'm an associate, independent associate for Legal Shield. Right now, there's a contest going on to uh, win a contest to Las Vegas. And I have to tell you, this is this is just something that I actually, you know, I when I when I joined a couple of months ago, about almost four months ago, and they they had this uh, this this promotion like if you sell enough stuff, you'll win a trip to Las Vegas. Well, I don't care about Las Vegas. I, in fact, I hate Las Vegas. Las Vegas is one of the most depressing places in the world, in my opinion. <laughs> Bless their hearts. Uh, but anyway, but so the end of this month is coming. And uh, I, was, I was doing my, you know, my legal shield business on the side that I do. And to make a long story short, uh, this morning I found out that I was number 301 on the list of people who, who made it on the leaderboards, right, of selling legal shield. And so I, I messaged some people and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm number 301. But they only list the top 300. So, so anyway, long story short. I was telling Jennifer about this a little while ago, and I logged in, and I just saw they got the updated sheet on here. The number that I was at, that I was thinking I was at, 301, is not the case. I actually am now 266 on the leaderboard. Now, I'm not going to win the trip yet, unless a whole bunch of you decide to sign up at the last minute, but what I have to tell you... Is how cool is that, man? Hey, I am a results-oriented chick, and um, and when I'm given a challenge, I like to try to meet it. And so the fact that I'm 266 is actually a testament to all of you guys out there who have actually supported me and my endeavor to uh, sell Legal Shield. So I just want to say thanks. You know, I'm not gonna, uh, I'm I'm not sure. There is a there is a little slim chance I could win this trip. But whether or not I will <laughs> is debatable because uh, I don't meet the qualifications for, like, you have to be in the top, like, 150 or something like that, which I'm not. But I may be able to qualify for top five associates, but I'm not sure. So how do we help? How do you help me? Well, basically, if you want to help me, you got to sign up for a Legal Shield membership. That's what you got to do. Um, or become an associate. That will also help. Uh, either one, though. So I know I might. You never know. If weirder things have happened, right? So anyway, so that's part of the reason I was late because I was like, oh my gosh, I was on there telling Jennifer, and 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 uh, I saw, oh my gosh, my name's on here. I'm like one of four people in Tennessee on the list. That should tell you something, right? One of four people in Tennessee on the list. So 
There you have it. Okay, so Bill Cosby. Yeah, he is. <sighs> so we all heard the news, right, that Bill Cosby uh, has been sentenced, which unfortunately is the headline of the day. I think there's way more important things in the world to discuss than that. But because everybody and their grandmother is talking about it, Bill Cosby uh, was uh, sentenced. And I'm going to read you the article off the Drudge Report that it's linked here. Uh, it says here, Bill Cosby, now officially a sexually violent predator, America's dad faces prison for 2004 rape. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are, I've seen actually some interesting outrage over on LinkedIn, of all places. But let's, let's go ahead and read the article here. This is on Deadline.com, titled uh, what I just read. It says here, looking at a maximum sentence of 10 years behind bars for the 2004 rape of a former Temple University employee, Bill Cosby today was formally designated as a sexually violent predator. With ramifications also for the various civil cases that the once beloved actor is fighting with some of the over 60 women who have accused him of drugging and assaulting them over the decades, the life time registering of Cosby as a sex offender with the significant additional restrictions of the SVP label. Among the stipulations, Cosby will now be required to register and check in with the Pennsylvania State Police monthly if he is sentenced to time behind bars later today by Judge Stephen O'Neill. Cosby will be required to attend counseling and provide all details of any change in residence once he is released. If I went from a city to another city, even if it's only overnight, do I have to get in touch with the state police? Cosby asked the Montgomery County Deputy District Attorney when the specifics of the SVP de designation were read out, out to him, hinting at a possible stand-up tour in the future. Uh, noting he believed that to be the case, the Deputy DA advised the actor to nonetheless further seek the answer via his own lawyers as it was not clear to him from the statute. At a later junction, Cosby also seemed confused when he was told that victim Andrea uh, Constand will be notified of his movements by law enforcement under his SVP status. Why would he be confused by that? I mean, he assaulted her. Duh. Hello. In April, a jury in a retrial found that the, the now 81-year-old Cosby guilty in the Keystone State criminal case on three accounts of aggravated indecent assault against Constand. Each count carries a potential sentence of a decade, but yesterday it was revealed that both the Montgomery County DA's office and the defense agreed all the accounts should be collapsed into one because they occurred on the same day. While prosecutors on Monday publicly pushed for a sentence at the high end of 10 years, Judge O'Neill indicated the state guidelines of 22 to 36 months, give or take 12 months, would serve as his North Star the sentencing, is, the sentencing is scheduled to occur at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time. So that, that I guess, has happened. Uh, though nothing is ever set in stone in these matters until the judge makes his final ruling and what seems certain to be Cosby's last day of freedom, at least for the immediate future, the much-accused actor announced that he will not take the opportunity to speak significantly before his sentencing is handing, handed down. Traditionally, defendants are given the floor to see if they have anything to say 
Besides the odd and expletive outbursts from the defense table, the currently under house arrest and out on $1 million bail, Cosby was essential, silent in his own defense in both the mistrial of 2017 and the retrial of earlier this year. Probably smart that he was quiet. Besides his question to the deputy DA this morning, Cosby otherwise mainly responded yes or no to a series of procedural questions from the judge. Also, he added in a rather weak voice at first that he didn't need any more time to decide if he wanted to speak at any length in court. Seated at the defense table at the front of the courtroom, the Cosby Show creator at one point additionally asked the deputy DA to speak up when given a series of questions of requirements of understanding his case and the SVP status. I'm not going to read the rest because it's just really long and forget it. I don't need to read it. The commentary. Thus, I will have commentary for you. <laughs> so here's my commentary on this. Everybody is focusing on Bill Cosby, right? And this is my opinion. You can take it for what it's worth. My opinion is we should be focusing on the victim. That's, that's what I think. You know, if it was one person that accused him of doing this, it would be one thing. It's like 60 people that have accused him of doing this. So this isn't like, you know, I mean, 60 people don't just come forward for the heck of it, right? It's not like this conspiracy to bring down Jell-O Man, you know, Mr. Pudding Man and Bill Cosby, you know, the Cosby Show. It's not a conspiracy at all. I don't think. I think he got busted. And I think the only way that he was prosecuted was because he finally had somebody that was within the statute of limitations that they can actually prosecute because all these other women didn't come forward in time. And let's just say it, they, they would be afraid to, right? Because you got the media who is going to be out there defending Bill Cosby and painting him as a sympathetic, you know, being accused. Why? Because of the characters that he plays on TV, you know? Mr. Huxtable, right? Um, but, you know, as somebody who understands what it's like to be sexually violated myself, um, and I understand the courage that it takes for a woman to come forward, or a man in that matter, you know, if it was a man who was sexually violated, hey, it takes a lot of courage for a man to come forward. Remember Oprah Winfrey when she had that, that one of her last episodes when she did the Oprah show, she had a whole studio full of men who had been sexually abused, okay? So it takes a lot of courage for anybody who's been sexually assaulted to come forward and actually talk about it. But when somebody like Bill Cosby, who's a celebrity, who plays an affable character on TV that everybody loves, and he's a comedian, uh, is doing it, it's hard to, it's hard to go, oh, you know, oh, you know, he couldn't have done it. Of course, our natural instinct is to want to go, oh, no, we can't believe that he did it. But you know what? Um, you know, um, i trying to think of the guy's name. Um, what's the guy's name on uh, Seventh Heaven? The, the father. You remember his name? Um, the actor? Yeah, the actor. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of his name. You guys know who, who I'm talking about. Reverend Camden? Stephen something. Yeah, um, Stephen something. I can't think um, of his name. But that guy, he was also a sexual predator. Right. Okay? He played a well, reverend on on, um, on that, right? Uh, nobody wanted to believe O.J. Simpson murdered somebody either, right? And, sexual predator of children. Yeah. Nonetheless. So, I mean, so here's what I know. And anybody who's ever been a victim of a sex crime actually knows this, especially if it's, uh, you know, you're, somebody using a position of power. We've seen this all throughout the media. We've seen it with news anchors, Bill O'Reilly, 
others, you know, both on the left and the right, you know, who have come out and, um, anyway, and, and have come out, they've been, they've been busted, you know, and all that. Right. So it's like, we don't want to admit it because we like the character, but let's just say it. These people, they abuse their power. And so of course women are afraid to come out because, um, you know, because, uh, uh, sorry, I just got a message. <laughs> anyway, you know, the, these women, you know, are afraid to come out because of the popularity of the celebrity that's been sexually assaulting them. So who are you going to believe? Oh, wait, oh, here's the narrative. The women, they're coming out, they're accused, they're, they're targeting the guy for his money, right? That's the narrative you'll hear. But when the evidence stacks up, and it actually is proven in a court of law and a jury convicts them, guess what? That's more than one person saying, oh, wait a minute, here's the evidence that actually shows the case, right? And so I actually wrote this on my Facebook page, and it's just my opinion. You could take it for what it's worth because uh, it's just my opinion. I wrote, and I quote, instead of feeling bad for Cosby, feel happy for his victim that got a little bit of justice. What makes predators like him so dangerous is that uh, they have gotten away with their crimes for so long and they never have had to pay for them while the women they violate get a lifelong sentence, right? And let's just, you know, people are looking at it. Nobody's looking at the victim. And this is so frustrating to me personally on so many stinking levels uh, because the victims are the ones that get re-victimized in the media because they come out and they'll say, you know, well, no, yeah, she caused it, or she was after his money, or she asked for it, or, or you know, he said it was consensual. Hey, this is all BS, right? Let's just say it how it is. If 60 people came forward and accused Cosby of something, 60, then there's a pattern there, just so you know. He's a sociopath, in my opinion, and I'm glad that he got sentenced. And whether or not he'll actually you know, serve the sentence. He's 81 years old. If they gave him a whole 10 years, he'll be 91 when he comes out. Some reports say he's gone blind. Whatever. Who gives a crap about all that, honestly? I mean, really, who cares, right? Let's just hope that he repents and he comes to a place of a real salvation in Christ because he needs to. And then even more so, let's uphold those women from, you know, who he abused and assaulted in prayer and that they get the due that they're, they deserve. You know, I mean, I could tell you, I've shared this before on my show, but if you are new and you don't know this, you know, I was sexually violated in my childhood, uh, for years. I turned my accuser in. I had a, I had a mother who made me recant the story and say it wasn't true, which was baloney because they had all this evidence, including pictures of me. Um, that were essentially, you know, pornographic that my, my predator did. Um, and when I went to therapy, I was awarded $10,000 from the state of California for their victim witness assistance program. 10,000 bucks, right? I wasn't looking for it, but I got 10,000 measly bucks for my restitution and recovery from the state of California, which, which did a couple of things for me. Number one, it validated me. And it validated all the crimes that had been committed against me that they would award me 10,000 bucks. That's not chump change, right? I mean, seriously, that 10, 10 grand is not chump change. 
But you know what? That ten grand went and paid for therapy. That's where that money went. I never saw a dime of it. It went directly to my therapist. And you know what? I can actually tell you I've easily spent probably close to a quarter of a million dollars getting help for myself over the years I've been in therapy. And that is no lie. That is no lie. And anybody who knows how hard therapy is and the different things that you go through, um, you know, $250,000 put towards my recovery and mental health, that's what it costs. So 10000 bucks is a spit in the bucket for the actual help that I should have gotten. And so whatever, you know, this woman is getting, at least she's got her accuser behind bars. And I think we should be rejoicing about that. I don't know, Bareface, what do you think? Well, yeah, I am. I agree. You said a lot of things, but totally with, um, yeah, these given had to get a drink here. Given that the same accuser sued him back in two thousand five, I believe, and there was a settlement for like three point four million dollars, something like that. Yeah. And so you know, if okay, it was about the money. Well, why okay? All this money, and it wasn't uh, three million dollars enough. And if and if that time and that time, uh, you know, according to the records, that uh, during the deposition for that case, it was a civil case, not a criminal case. You know, because he's been sued. And the deposition for that case, he admitted to uh, buying quaaludes and giving women alcohol. Yeah. Uh, though though every encounter was uh, consensual. <laughs> Um, after, so, after they're drugged up with a date rape drug drug. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, but you know, if, yeah. you know, certainly if, back then, you know, he had enough money to make her go away. You know, if, if it was, you know, not about guilt, then why even, you know, bother, you know, I'm sure there are plenty of stalkers that have come trying to get what autographs or whatever or any kind of thing that he's got enough, um, you know, insulation between whoever bodyguards or whatever to kind of keep those people away. So why did that thing go all the way to a civil suit and, and anyway, to where he was paid out. And so he paid out. So... Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate that he's 81, uh, but, you know, three to ten years, we'll see uh, the one article you write about being the North Star about the, yeah. the 36 months, so it'll probably be, you know, two or three years, I don't know, we'll see. Yeah, you know, I, I just, you know, I'm happy that the woman is getting a little bit of justice. I mean, seriously, because most of us don't get to see that. I didn't get to see my, I will just say in my case, my accuser, my abuser actually was sentenced to 25 years in prison. Okay. 25 years, 25 years with the evidence that I, as a 14, 13, 14 year old turned into the police. And if my mother hadn't forced me to recant that issue, and if the state laws in California hadn't uh, had on the books that if I have a, if a victim recants, they can't do anything and their hands are tied. Uh, my predator would have been get, given a quarter of a century in jail, okay? That's how, that's how much I was abused, all right? 25 years. Usually these predators get a slap on the wrist. Three years is nothing, seriously, in my opinion. Jennifer could tell you. 
<laughs> Jennifer works, you know, she's a psychologist. She gets it. But, I mean, seriously, 25 years is what my predator got. And he got out because I was forced as a kid to recant. And because state laws at that time said that if a child recants, uh, their hand, the police, the hands are tied. I remember talking to the police officer and he was so upset because he's like, we know he did it. You, I mean, there's evidence, there's pictures. We see, you know, there, there's, in my case, there's a, there's a book of evidence. Um, you know, so the fact that any, uh, any sex victim actually gets any, uh, type of justice with a, a predator even spending any time in jail. It's actually a miracle because frankly, they give these guys a slap on the wrist. Uh, in my, in my opinion, for what it's worth, they should get life. That's my opinion. They should get life behind bars without parole. That should be it. One strike, you're out. I don't care. Cause you know what? It takes one time to mess up a woman's life forever and violate everything. The most precious thing God gave us you know, is, is that part of who we are? And when somebody violates that, they should get the key thrown. And I'm not saying the death penalty. I'm just saying life behind bars. That's what they should get because they give every single victim the same thing. And we then have to learn to live in a different way than, uh, you know, I will never know. And so many of you in my audience, you will never know. You will never have known what pure, uh, sexual, uh, intimacy the way God intended it between you and your spouse because some pervert abused you before you got that opportunity to do it the way God had intended it. Right? Let's just say it. And we can all talk about, well, you know, you're like, the purity thing and all that crap. You know what? It's crap. <laughs> Let's just say it. You get one opportunity and when some creep takes it from you and they don't pay, just know and this is the righteous anger part of me. Just know that God will deal with them in the end. Right now, this is actually a slap on the wrist for a guy who should have been having his butt in jail a long time ago. What about Trump? You know what? If you know anything about this show, then you already know I'm not a big fan of Trump, actually. Um, I think that Trump is a, a little bit of a pig. Um, I think he's got some serious issues, but I also don't hate him like a lot of people. I think that there's good and bad in the man, but I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. Just so you know, uh, that, that is, uh, you know, he's done a, he's done a couple of big things, but, uh, I don't, I, you know, he can flip on a dime. That's my opinion about him. And Randall, you have an opinion about Donald Trump too, don't you? Pretty much the same. <laughs> I didn't vote for him um, because of that sort of... I voted for him because of Mike Pence, not because of him. Right. The same reason I voted for John McCain, who was a rhino, uh, because of Sarah Palin. Not because of him, but because of the VP. That's why I voted. Yeah. He seems a little volatile. And so. you, you will note, though, that Mike Pence is an honorable man, and uh, he has no scandal. Uh, the, yeah. the, the people, the people, uh, you know, even the, the, some of the far left liberals, they claim that they would rather have Pence in office than Trump. So, I mean, you, you know, even though Pence is pro-life and pro-traditional marriage and all that. Yeah. During the last. He's not an arrogant, pompous jerk like Donald Trump is. <laughs> during the last presidential <laughs> just, campaign. Just what, what I mean, right? During the last presidential campaign, they had plenty of opportunity to bring up dirt on, on Pence, you know. Then it was after an office that oh, he talks to God. He's some sort of a, you know, crazy man. 
Yeah, that's because true, actually. God. Well, a lot of us are Mostly. crazy. Yeah. All right, so the other thing in the news, did I actually, sh- I probably didn't send these to you, did I? I didn't send anything at I all. I didn't, because I was too busy being excited about my Legal Shield stuff. All right, I'm going to send you, do you want me to send you stuff or no? Um, okay. This article. Whatever. Okay, so let's talk about some of the sex scandals within the church, okay? Because, because uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of them, and I don't know how many of you guys know this. I found this out last night. Okay, so here's the thing. Uh, over on Journal Sentinel Online, so jsonline.com, you guys can go there if you want. Um, there's an article titled, Elmbrook Resignations are the Latest to Rock Evangelical Christian Churches. All right, listen to this, okay? Brookfield, members of Elmbrook Church, Wisconsin's largest Christian faith community, were shocked and disappointed in February when executive pastor Brody Swanson resigned amid revelations of infidelities with other church staff with another church staffer who also stepped down. The sense of betrayal hit home again this week when senior pastor Jason Webb resigned from the Brookfield megachurch citing quote multiple marital infidelities unquote and an unspecified but quote serious addiction unquote. Well, what's the serious addiction, you think? My first thought was pornography, but what do I know? Anyway, in a Saturday service, the first since Webb announced his departure, church leaders characterized the developments as a crisis for Elmbrook and asked members for their forgiveness. We share your utter shock and sorrow, church elder Jeff Schultz told worshipers. He described the actions of Webb and Swanson as, quote, intentional deceptions, unquote. Elmbrook family, you have been deeply wronged. He said, on behalf of the Council of Elders, we are very sorry. The the upheaval at Elmbrook is the latest in a series of high-profile resignations and allegations of sexual misconduct that have rocked evangelical churches across the country. Why am I sharing this? I just want to, I'm going to keep reading this, but I'm telling you, I'm sharing this because, you know, the Catholic Church has been in the news for decades for the sexual assault and the sexual abuse that goes on in church, the adultery and all that stuff. But the Protestant church, you know, I interviewed years ago, a woman uh, who runs a website called stop, stop Baptist predators.com. It might be org, but I think it's .com. Stop, stop Baptist predators.com. I think is what it is because it's just as rampant in the evangelical, the Baptist churches, uh, all this other stuff. In fact, you know, I have to be honest and say, often when I go to church, I'll look at the men and I'll go, huh, I wonder if he's addicted to pornography. Oh, that guy's probably addicted. That guy, huh. Yeah, I mean, when you've been in the church long enough and you understand the stats and statistics, for me, it's hard not to go, oh, yeah, that guy's probably looking at a kitty porn or whatever, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which is horrible, right? It's really horrible that I even think that. But I'm not living in the dark ages. It's just how it is. Anyway, the article goes on to say, This year alone, Frank Page, president of the Southern Baptist Convention's executive committee, resigned because of a, quote, inappropriate relationship, unquote. Bill Hybels, founding pastor of the Chicago-area megachurch Willow Creek, resigned after allegations of inappropriate conduct with women, which he denied. But then he went back later and he actually admitted some of it, but... The Reverend Andy Savage stepped down from the Memphis megachurch High Point Church 
after admitting, quote, a sexual incident, unquote, involving a high school girl in his youth group 20 years earlier. Uh, and two more men have come forward to accuse Paul Pressler, a former Texas state judge and leading figure of the Southern Baptist Convention of Sexual Misconduct. The revelations have spawned a hashtag church to movement that much like the secular hashtag me too is forcing evangelical Christians to reevaluate how they respond to issues of sexual abuse, domestic violence, and even the roles of women in the church. Churches are, quote, coming to grips with the depth and gravity, unquote, of those issues, said Scott Arbiter, a former lead pastor at Elmbrook, who now serves as president for World Relief, the humanitarian arm of the National Association of Evangelicals. Churches need to create the spaces where this can be spoken about, he said, stressing that he was not speaking on behalf of Elmbrook. We recognize that families, churches, and communities flourish uh, when we're living in the truth. The truth is, we have a national struggle with our sexuality, and it includes our families and church families. We have to be a place where truth and healing can take place. Christianity Today, founded 60 years ago by evangelist Billy Graham, has reported extensively on the topic of scandal-triggered resignations by pastors. In a story last week on the latest survey by Nashville-based Lifeway Research, it said one in eight Protestant senior pastors say a church staff member has sexually harassed a member of the congregation at some point in the church's history, and one in six pastors say a staff member has been harassed in a church setting. I have been harassed sexually on two occasions in the church. There was one perverted guy named Jim uh, at my church way back a number of years ago who actually came on to me. The pervert had the nerve to not only come on to me at a Bible study in my house, but with my husband sitting right next to me. And he meant it. He, he was a complete pervert and should have been thrown out of the church. Um, and then when I was a single woman, I actually was preyed on by a guy that I rented a room from his house. He was a married man. And when I went to the church about it, I, I was basically told, well, he's a big donor. So just more or less have to deal with it. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Cause were the, either of these a staff member? No, but they were big donors in the church. Yeah. So, um, yeah. but, but so, so just think if it was an actual staff member, then on top of it, that would have been even worse. Right. And apparently, you know, the, the one in what the one in eight where it's a ch staff member staff members right harassing someone in the church and one in six where the staff member has been harassed by right. someone it's horrible it's actually horrible so it says here christianity today which centers much of its reporting on evangelical churches also published a recent feature called when you hear sexual misconduct allegations about your pastor uh, founded in 1957, initially as a Baptist church, Elmbrook became a non-denominational church in 1968. It has reshaped the religious landscape in southeastern Wisconsin, planting a dozen sister churches over the last three decades and drawing thousands weekly to its services. And for now, the flagship Elmbrook church is grappling with a leadership vacuum as well as a debate on its own hashtag church two questions. Uh, Mark Heckman, executive director of Central Support Services for the Church, said the church elders are working on an interim plan for the church and should have something in place for the next two weeks. Elmbrook's latest allegations emerged Thursday with Webb's resignation announcement, which revealed that he has kept parts of his life hidden. 
It is with deep remorse that I write you this letter, Webb wrote in a letter to a church members. I've also been struggling with a serious addiction, which has led to many betrayals, including unfaithfulness to my wife, Heather. Words cannot fully describe how sorry I, I am for my sin. The gravity of all this is not lost on me. I have lied to Heather, my counselor, the men in my life, the elders, the staff, and the church. I will immediately seek intensive inpatient treatment for addiction over the next six weeks, the pastor wrote. Heckman said it is too soon to know if the recent revelations have affected membership at Elmbrook, but we'll see what the future holds. So, whereas I admire the fact that the pastor is going to go ahead and get some help with his probably pornography addiction, or maybe kitty porn addiction, who, who, who knows, um, what I want to say is don't forget the victims here. You know, don't forget the victim, the wife and the kids, if he has any, that that has done. I mean, the church is secondary. It's his family he betrayed first. And, um, you know, don't forget, don't forget that, you know. And a lot of people do. And that's what really gets me is, is pastors end up in the position that they end up in because, number one, the culture of, of society today puts them there. Number one, they put them, they expect all these things, and the pastors are lonely, and so, of course, they... They abuse their power and, you know, they often fall into a situation like that. Or number two, they have an enabling elder board that's just as addicted to certain things and that board doesn't hold them accountable. Um, and so that, that really, um, you know, is, is a big problem. And actually what I think, um, honestly, uh, frankly, what I think the Lord is doing, I think, I think he's cleaning his church. I think that's what he's doing. You know, I think he is. Um, you know, the, the things that, which are hidden, they, you know, they are now coming to light. And, and I've been seeing this, I think the judgment begins with the house of God. That's what the Bible says. And I think that's, what's been going on the last couple of years. I don't know. You think barefaced, but that's what I think. Yeah, I think that too. The <sighs> article mentioned about making a, you know, a safe place for the truth and what I don't remember the exact, but before that came along, I was thinking the same thing. You know, there is this unfortunately within churches especially evangelical churches because i can't say too much about the roman catholic church having never having never been a part of it right but you know there's this sort of um divide between the congregation and and a pastor that you know Often the pastor is not seen as a as just another one, another person in the church who happens to have a different gifting, you know, another part in the body. You know, they're not they're no more significant, you know, than the hand or the foot or whatever. It's just you know, same spirit, different gifts. Uh, but unfortunately, this put as this hierarchy thing. Yes. There's a hierarchy in the sense that, you know, the pastor is supposed to be an overseer uh, for the welfare of the flock. But as far as, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, it basically should be servant of all, you know, if you want to be, um, you know, who be, be greatest would be, you know, to be servant of all. Uh, unfortunately, I think there's this thing that's looked like as a, corporation that the pastor is the boss or whatever and and the sort of this gap between people and and therefore i think it creates a, a situation where the 
pastors don't feel like they can be open with someone because they're the congregation doesn't see them as as peers and anyway and so i think it's really important that whatever people surround you know the the leadership the staff elders whatever they shouldn't be a group of yes men i don't know what you're looking at but i'm looking at you okay i look at myself sometimes i'm like anyway (laughs) i look kind of pissed off sometimes like when i'm just listening to you anyway i'm I'm trying to smile Anyway, I don't think this pastor <laughs> woke up one morning and was addicted and cheating on his wife. It right. was a no. It's a series of a choices. Ser- series of choices, and you know, First Peter five eight tells us to be vigilant and sober. You know, because our adversary, the devil, is you know roams about like a roaring lion, seeking whom we may devour. Yeah, and all all the more so if uh, you're in church leadership at some you know at some in some capacity. Yeah. And so, yeah, um, I agree with the article. It, it, it's not just, yeah, that's something that would be good to have some sort of safe place for the truth or whatever. No, that, you know, be sober and vigilant. You know, it, it's important. I mean, it's like a concentrated effort to make sure that that space is created, that accountability always exists. So yeah. as soon as things start to go off the rail, there's right, and and I'm not I'm not playing judge during executioner here. Mm-hmm. My concern is that, especially with pornography addiction and things like that, which it, which it sounds like that's the case with this guy, um, or who knows, maybe it's sexual addiction above some other, maybe he hooks up with women or men. Who knows? I don't know. But the point is, is that we can't forget the other victims in this, right? Oh, definitely. Because that's what happens, right? They, it's, it's, it gives a black eye to the church that this took place. But the reality is, is there's devastation behind it. And, you know, that brings up the last article I want to bring up, and then we'll take our break. Uh, the Evangelical Church Azusa Pacific University, mm-hmm. uh, it's being reported by the Christian Post, uh, says here, uh, Evangelical uh, college Azusa Pacific agrees to allow LGBT relationships. Conservative slam surrender. Well, I just have to say this here. You know, this this is what I have to say. Bareface went to APU, right? And Randall can Randall went to APU for a couple of years, earning his bachelor's degree in right. uh, computer information systems. Mm-hmm. And so you actually have, you know, we we gave money to that college. Uh, and all that. Let me well before, for tuition. Yeah, for tuition books and that kind of stuff. So let me just read you the thing, and then you can comment. Tens of thousands. Because this was your school, mm-hmm. Evangelical College Azusa Pacific uh, announced last week that it will be allowing LGBT relationships for students on campus following years of pressure. Zoo Media, and that's Z U. The student paper reported. Uh, last week, that officials at the Christian University in California have decided to remove language from the student standard of conduct that previously prohibited such relationships on campus. APU has said that despite the change set to take effect in the fall of 2018 semester, it still backs the, quote, biblical principles of human sexuality, unquote, in the belief that, quote, sexual union is intended by God to take place only within the marriage covenant between a man and a woman, unquote. 
LGBT activists have long called for the change and held a vigil in November 2017 for a former employee who sued the university for wrongful demotion, claiming he was harassed and assaulted by colleagues who believed he was gay. The school paper explained that the development is a result of long dialogue between students and the administration and years of efforts to that end. Probably Soul Force had a lot to do with it. Anyway, Associate, Dean's, Associate Dean of Students Bill Fala, whatever, described the change to be the student code of conduct. Quote, the changes that occurred to the handbooks around sexual behavior creates one standard for all undergraduate students as opposed to differential standards for different groups. The change that happened with the code of conduct is still in alignment with our identity as a Christian institution. The language changed, but the spirit didn't. Our spirit is still a conservative evangelical perspective on on human sexuality. Some, such as Aaron Green, co-executor director of Brave Commons and a recent APU, APU alumni, alumni who has pushed for the recognition of LGBT groups, said that it was unfair to exclude people in gay relationships. No, it's not. No, it's not. Anyway, queer students are just as able to have romanticized relationships that abide by APU's rules. The code used falsely assumed that same-sex romances always involve sexual behavior. This stigmatism causes harm to our community, especially those serious about the Christian faith. Basically, what they're affirming is gay Christianity. That's what they're basically affirming at APU now. That's the bottom line. And it's unbiblical. Gay Christianity is not biblical. It goes against scripture. But anyway, along with this change to the code of conduct, there will also be a new pilot program aimed at providing a safe space for LGBTQ plus students on campus uh, and all this. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, so the APU, they made the worst, they just made the worst decision they could have made, in my opinion. Bareface. This is your uh, alma mater. Yeah. And, uh, you know, recently I gave a tiny bit of money to help, you know, the, the uh, scholarship funds there. I'm uh, not going to again. And you should write them and let them know that. Yeah, and I should. You know, it's it's <laughs> it's a little duplicitous in my not so humble opinion. Yeah, you know, we're keeping the, we're towing the same line on human sexuality that hasn't changed. That you know, marriage is between one man and one woman. You know, that's for sexuality. But as far as romantic relationships and dating, you know, whatever, heterosexual, homosexual, it really doesn't matter. As long as at the end of the day, it's only a man and woman that gets married. You two, you two men, you two young women, you can you can fondle all over each other and kiss each other and all that, but but we're just teasing you because you're not going to get married. Well, you know, you're a student of this this university. We won't allow that. We won't recognize that. We won't recognize same sex marriages. So you can. You can have romantic relationships on campus, but that's it. Um, so, like, what is it? Of course, the, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Soul Force, you know, the LGBTQ plus alphabet soup, you know, protagonist. And don't forget, you, the plus includes pedophilia, just so you know. Whatever, yeah. Yeah. You know, there's, you know, it, it's subtle on their side. Well, we're not talking about sex. Homosexuality isn't about sex. Yeah, it is. Because that—that's—that's what they—that's the it's line. It's about romance. It's about love. And right. So 
you know, you, the university, you know, it says, you know, you can have romantic relationships on campus. It, it's, it's wrong. It's, 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 um, discriminatory to rule out, uh, rule out same sex romantic relationships. But then it just, you know, the old slippery slope. Okay. Well now there's, now there are romantic same sex relationships on campus. Well, why is it? Why is it that you recognize marriage between a man and a woman? The law of the land is, you know, two men, two women. You know, the you know the, the law of the United States recognizes same sex marriage. Why not you? You're already recognizing same sex relationships. Why not same sex marriages? You know, it's a little it's a little hypocritical, don't you think, APU? Uh, you know, and so you know, give them an inch, they'll take a mile. You know, just like um, land for peace in Israel. <laughs> it, brought no peace it's just brought more uh attacks you know and, and more death and uh, you know it's, they're looking to appease the um sexual anarchists and say well we'll compromise here we'll compromise there but that's it's never going to be enough never going to be enough we've seen that we see that today at a national level and everywhere else that you know you know, I'm thinking about the Proverbs says, you know, that talks about the things that are never satisfied. Right. And it should have said, it should have said in there the homosexual lobby, never satisfied. It would never be enough. It'd never be quite equal. Well, it's the lust of the flesh ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. It's very sad. I'm very yeah. sad by the news. I am too. It's sad, but not surprising. You know, somebody last night on Facebook wrote, well, what about Biola University? You know, Biola, believe it or not, here's the, I was going to go to Biola, Rosemead School of, uh, Rosemead School of Psychology. That's where I was going to get my master's originally. But do you know that Rosemead School of Psychology opposes sexual orientation change efforts? It's actually on their website. And there has been a gay underground at Viola University for decades, well over a decade, almost two decades. So anybody who thinks that Biola University is a conservative Christian evangelical college is crazy because I can tell you from my own personal experience, almost every professor I had at Vanguard University graduated from Biola University. So I actually got a Biola education from Biola students who graduated from Biola and almost every single one of them was pro-gay. So, so the fact that there's this, this opposition at these evangelical so-called yeah. conservative colleges, APU was one of the last standing. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. It's I crazy. mean, e even seminaries we've seen give in to liberal theology and you know gay theology and all this stuff really apu which was founded as a missionary school school for missionaries wasn't founded just as a university like others were right i mean biola the bible institute of la you know was was um for bible training anything but apu was founded specifically for training missionaries and expanded into uh, you know, general education, but the motto, you know, um, 
God first. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, as far as conservatism, it really was kind yeah. of the last holdout. Now it's like... I wonder what Lisa thinks, who uh, yeah. you know, my former therapist also graduated from APU. Mm. Well, there are other Christian universities in California. There's Vanguard, which I'm not sure supposedly is conservative, but I have a hard time believing that given mm. my experience there. Right. Um, and then there is Hope International University. Uh, I was the therapist on that campus. I can tell you the sex problems of the students on that campus were rampant. Uh, as well as Vanguard, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> so, I mean, if you think, just let me just give a shout out to Christian parents. If you think sending your kid to a Christian college is going to protect them, think again, because it's not. Uh, Christian kids are just as, as involved in these things as, um, you know, at the secular college level. But, you know, anyway, you can throw away more money if you'd like, if you'd like to just, you know, get this prestigious Christian name on your diploma. But uh, anyway. Um, yeah, yeah, so yeah, so that's today's show. I should say thank you to all of our sponsors, Ariel Ministries. Today happens to be the birthday of my spiritual mama, uh, Marianne Fruchtenbaum, who is the wife of Arnold Fruchtenbaum. Um, so happy birthday to Marianne. Um, she actually has impacted me in more ways than she probably knows. Um, anyway, today's her birthday. Ariel Ministries is a wonderful ministry. If you go and use the coupon code Bible News, you can save 20% on anything in the store. I know Melanie recently said she bought a couple of things there. Appreciate that, Melanie. I hope you got your 20% discount when you did. Um, you can get the book Israel Betrayed. That's the one we're talking about this month um, by using coupon code Bible News. And then, of course, um, also... Uh, uh, pillars of the community if you want to donate to our show just become a monthly donor then you will be a pillar of our community and the reason why we want you to be a pillar is so we can know how much money uh, is the lord going to bless us with this month uh, i will be updating that next month actually uh, i think we're considerably you know averaging what maybe a thousand twelve hundred dollars if that a month for all day you know five days of work every day of the week and all the other, other stuff what we do. If you want to donate to that, that would help. Uh, we're still trying to raise money for our trip to the Prophecy Watchers Conference. We're about halfway there. Uh, that would be cool if we could actually have that wholly covered. <laughs> so if you want to donate to that, let us know. And or if you want to become a member of Legal Shield and get identity theft protection or become an associate like I am and be on my team, then that's another way you can help us too. That would, um, you know, that would help us, but it would also help you as well. And then, who knows, maybe, maybe, just maybe, on the next PC club trip, uh, the performance club trip for Legal Shield, which is going to Mexico, uh, maybe I could qualify for that. So I am in the top. I, I probably won't win, but the fact that we're, we're as high as we are in the rankings is super cool. And all you guys who have joined Legal Shield and uh, gotten your identity theft protection through our show, I really appreciate it definitely has helped uh all that so it's super cool anyway so that's our show i hope that you um have a good day any of you guys have any questions i know we have like five minutes left do you want to so melanie did use the coupon code good i'm glad uh and of course there's some trolls in the show here but uh uh how long of a sentence okay you guys you should know that because you actually can google it on the internet there's some perverted things being said in the chat. Appreciate that. 
that shows you need the Lord. <laughs> uh, yeah, the trolls are out in force today on Periscope. Let's see here. And Oddvar, nice to see you, buddy. Haven't seen you there. And all that. So, all right, so that's it. So I hope you guys have a good rest of your night or your afternoon, day, whatever it is. Remember, uh, come back here tomorrow at 4 o'clock. We have another show for you. And don't forget to text me at text Bible News to 33222. I actually didn't, did not send out a text message yet. I'm going to do it after the show. <laughs> like I said, I got stuck on the phone before the show. So, uh, But you can be on my text message list. Text Bible News to 33222. If you're already on there and have not texted me back, uh, then do me a favor. Text me back. Tell me what your name is. That way I can add your name. And I think I have everybody but one person, just so you know. Yeah, so I know who you are. Yeah, I do. Uh, so do that, and then tomorrow we'll be back with another show. Um, I'm trying to think if I have a guest tomorrow. I don't. I think what I'm going to do tomorrow is the Marketing of Homosexuality to America Part 8 tomorrow. I think that's what I'm going to do. So stay tuned for that tomorrow, and uh, we'll see you then. All right, so remember, everybody, be bold, stand up, go with God. Thank God for the, for the justice that some of these victims are finally getting. And, of course, pray for the perpetrators. They need it. Um, but I would not feel sorry for them. I would not feel sorry for Bill Cosby. He's gotten away with his crimes for decades, and it's good that he's going to spend some time behind bars. That's my saying. <laughs>